Welcome to Crypto Sapiens, a show that hosts lively discussions with innovative Web3 builders to help you learn about decentralized money systems, including Ethereum, Bitcoin, and DeFi. The podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only, and it is not financial advice. Crypto Sapiens is presented in partnership with Bankless DAO, a movement for pioneers seeking freedom from the limitations of the traditional financial system. Bankless DAO will help the world go bankless by creating user-friendly on-ramps for people to discover decentralized financial technologies through education, media, and culture. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Humpty Calderon. And today I'm talking to Andras Kristoff, founder and CEO at EtherCards, a platform that provides tools for gamifying and supercharging your NFTs. We explore the genesis of the NFT platform and how it has adapted as NFTs continue to evolve. We also discuss how it enables artists, athletes, and brands to launch dynamic NFTs to continuously engage and incentivize communities. The conversation was recorded in September, so some of what we discussed may have already completed or changed. Let's get started. We started fairly early in crypto in around 2013. We we actually built and uh, and deployed the first Bitcoin ATM in Asia. Uh, that was end of 2013, beginning of 2014. After that, we wanted to see what else we can do with the technology. I mean, in in, uh, in general, with 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 uh, with crypto, with blockchain technology, and we built a distributed asset management system. There was no Ethereum yet, so we forked Ripple. We removed XRP because we thought that we don't actually need a, a base currency. And we built in ring signatures from Monero to make something that is a little bit more privacy oriented than XRP. So we built this, it actually was working, but uh, we spent most of 2014 building with it, we deployed it, but uh, end of 2014, Ethereum beta came out and it was so significantly better than what we built. That we decided to drop it and we started to work with ethereum so we have been working in uh, with ethereum since the beta days we we have been working with uh, some of the better known companies like consensus the Inter ethereum foundation and others and uh, we're building smart contracts and uh, a lot of other things we started working with nfts about three years ago and we very quickly, uh, as everybody else, went through the yay, we can put a JPEG on a token phase and wanted to see what else we can do with the technology. So we, we built some ticketing systems. Uh, the NFT ticketing system was actually work, uh, used for the last DEFCON and a couple of interesting solutions like how to integrate and how to connect physical objects with NFTs in, in the proper way. Uh, but it was three years ago and nobody really cared about NFTs at that time. So the project eventually did not uh, did not go too far. We we've been working on other projects and we uh, we've been lucky enough to get a grant from the Ethereum Foundation about one and a half years ago for an educational project. And while working on that, we realized this big problem in the space that there is a a host of important and potentially good projects that uh, that are that are having problems getting funded because 
if you are doing a blockchain project and if you are not doing a DeFi project, then it is rather difficult to get funded. That there is a lot of projects out there doing important stuff, even infrastructure stuff and, uh, and others that actually makes sense. It brings a lot of value, but there is no token behind it to, to kind of uh, ape in and there is no number go up. So many times these projects are actually having problems being, uh, being funded. So we wanted to, I had an idea for a, a, a framework uh, that could actually provide funding and monetization capabilities for, for projects uh, that are in general difficult to find with found with, with normal ways or difficult to have a, pro, a, a traditional uh, business model around it. And we actually built it and the, the use case and the audience we had in mind is uh, open source projects, open ecosystem projects that are building stuff on blockchain, like educational projects and other stuff that are not financial based, not DeFi based projects. So we had this idea to build it using, uh, using an NFT based system and provide uh, a funding and monetization framework for these uh, projects. And when we built it, it, uh, it turned out that it can do way more than to, to help open source, uh, open source non-DeFi projects. It turned out that anybody with a community could actually use it. So artists, actors, uh, athletes, galleries, any kind of groups that have a community around it, any, anybody from cosplayers to, to online services, could actually utilize this platform, EtherCards, and uh, and engage, grow, and eventually monetize their community. We did a very successful launch back in March. We 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 sold a lot of NFTs, which which provided us a lot of uh, runway and also interest from uh, from uh, from a lot of. A diverse from a diverse uh, group of people. So we started to work together with uh, with uh, uh, athletes. The first thing that we did was to uh, create dynamic NFTs for Lamello Ball, and then we worked with Steve Aoki. We worked with Mike Tyson and seventy plus artists to help them to 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 issue their systems. For example, Dirty Robot and uh, quite a quite a few other uh, artists. Right now, we are gearing up for a couple of things, uh, rolling out our self-service platform, uh, releasing Dust, the, the ecosystem uh, currency that we have, and uh, distributing 27 CryptoPunks among our community. So it's going to be a fun month. Yeah, I mean, th that's, that's a ton, right? And I think to unpack that, I think I'd like to start in where you touched on earlier, which was the community aspect and mm -hmm. the monetization or the tokenization aspect of mm -hmm. these projects. So it seems like there was like an aha moment. The inspiration was there are communities that are being built, but because there's no token, there's no way to drive or capture the value of those mm -hmm. communities to drive them forward. So yeah. how, how is EtherCards doing that uh, through its platform today? Sometimes you don't actually need a token to, to capture interest. 
aquifer community and to provide value to a community. Sometimes all you need is to, to figure out and to, to get a, a set of features, a set of traits that make sense for that community and can provide them value. And many times this value is not exactly monetary value. But let me give a couple of examples how current people, how uh, artists and uh, athletes are using the platform. Sure. For example, <clears throat> for example, when uh, when Dirty Robot issued his uh, his beautiful series, the uh, his seasons uh, series with the summer season starting, some of those cards that you uh, that you get from uh, get from him have spe specific traits on them. Some traits are are can be used only once. Like if you get one of his NFTs, even on OpenSea, if you look it up, you will see the traits, and you can actually inter uh, interact with the traits even on OpenSea. You can see that uh, if you get one of these cards, you can get a 10% discount for his next drop. So when you do your next drop, all you need to make sure that uh, this uh, this previous NFT with the discount is in your wallet when you are connecting uh, to the contract to, to buy the new NFT, and you will get automatically a 10% discount of the NFT price. <coughs> Other trades... Uh, for uh, for on his cards, for example, you can have a redeemable trade on the card on the on on his art NFT. It means there is a button on it. You can press that, and uh, that will take you to a website where you can put in your shipping address and name and information, and you will get a high quality print of the of the art on the NFT with with uh, with the artist's signature. And then that trade from your NFT will burn, will disappear. So that is again, you don't actually need a token for it, but you can, uh, but the artist can provide value to the to the to the buyer that uh, that right now it's very difficult to to provide. Another way of of providing value for the artist or for the athlete or for the actor is to create a personal connect, connect, uh, connection with the with the buyer. It can be achieved with one of the high-end NFTs of Dirty Robot and other other uh, uh, people as well, like even Mike Tyson. You can have a trade on them, and you can uh, it it works like a, a watcher. You can burn that trade for uh, a meeting with the artist. It could be obviously it's usually it's 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 an online meeting, but you can actually have a meeting with the artist, or actually there is a card right now on OpenSea, and if you if you get that uh, NFT and and uh, uh, burn the trade on that, you can organize a meeting with Mike Tyson. So this is another way to, to provide value to a community, to give them something that they really desire to meet or to, or to interact with the person who uh, whom around whom the community is 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 organizing and forming i think what you're uh, alluding to is you know aligning incentives uh between mm -hmm. a creator uh in this case could be an artist could just be you know uh, a regular community person uh yeah. but these incentives don't always need to be you know monetary right incentives right. could be very different for different people for different communities so it's interesting yeah. to see that Ethercard is looking at the topic of incentives beyond just monetization. 
it's also looking at that as a way of creating uh, deeper relationships between people and communities. And and that can that can take many forms. The, uh, the, the the same thing that can happen, and it can actually take in in a very very artistic way. That, for example, we are working on a project. I think I can mention it. I hope I can mention it with uh, with uh, uh, Nick Johnson, the the creator of ENS Ethereum Name Service or Everything Name Service, and uh, and. Uh, the plan is that to have you can you can you can get some NFTs uh, from ENS, and some of them will have a special token. And if you sacrifice that token, then you can summon the Johnson. So that is something again not monetary, but something that uh, that that could be interesting. Also, we've got, of course, we've got the Discord integration. So. Uh, if you if you issue NFTs with with this trade, then you can set up your Discord groups in a way that on, into specific uh, rooms, only people with the specific NFTs and specific trade can enter. So you can create privileged uh, groups that that is controlled by the trade and the NFTs. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the fun and uh... One of the big biggest reasons why NFTs, in my opinion, have been successful is because they don't necessarily uh, behave in the way that crypto or uh, other tokens yeah. would work. Right? There's a mm -hmm. lot of complexity, but a really dynamic ecosystem that can be created with NFTs. And you know, you're you're again. I think you're you're alluding to token gated communities. Uh, where you can provide access to specific people to interact with one another or with an individual uh, by having yeah. access to this. But also there's ways of interacting with projects that you may already be a fan of, like ENS, by yes. using an NFT. And certainly I think ENS itself as an NFT could uh, is is a good example of a project that can look to leverage that relationship that they already have with individuals and adding value to that through a project like EtherCards. Yes. And what we would like to do is to, to create a platform as a service where anybody can actually utilize this toolkit and see in what ways they can, uh, they can, uh, they can build, this, uh, uh, build, build something that makes sense for their community. I would like to give another example which is I usually give that, let's say you want to create an open source project. Let's say you want to create a distributed uh, VPN. So you want to build this project and, and you can announce that I'm working on this and I'm going to sell this 1000 uh, membership card. We can put it this way based on the ether, uh, the, the ether cards platform. And if you buy one of these once, my service, my VPN is up and running, you will enjoy a 50% discount forever. So the, here, here are these 1,000 cards. I don't have the product yet, but you can buy this. And once the product is up and running, then uh, you can enjoy the 50% discount. So there is a couple of things that can happen now. Uh, I build this project and the project is actually operational and there is demand for this. Now I have 1000 people with this card and they will actually enjoy the benefits of the, of the, of the card that they bought from me at the beginning. They have two choices. They can keep the cards because it's actually valuable or they can sell it on the open market. 
this is an NFT. And as long as there is actual demand to the to the platform, to the service, to, to whatever I build, there will be demand for those cards as well. But it is not going to be such a high difference in demand like let's say in the in the term in the in the case of an ICO or a ERC20 token, because the card does have its limitations, so it cannot be used for, for speculating that much. So basically what we wanted to build something that can serve a non-financial non-financial uh, project and as long as you can provide as you can find a, a service that can be uh, uh, that which the, the the this nft can unlock the access to or provide discount to then you can utilize this platform and and uh, create the traits on the cards in a way that makes sense for your project so just one more thing because this takes care of the kind of the funding bootstrapping part. But the important thing is that you can actually utilize the same system even after the, your project is up and running and you can actually, the service is actually uh, up and running. At that point, obviously you cannot keep issuing cards with 50% discount. There is no way, there is no project that can survive if everybody is using a 50% discount and it makes no sense either. At that time, you can keep issuing cards with, with very different uh, uh, benefits. At that time, since you have already a project and, uh, and an actual service with demand, you can, you, can, uh, you can let me buy a card which gives me three months access to the, to the project with 5% discount or gives me some other benefits or, or gives me discounts on some services on the projects for a limited period of time. So when you start, you can provide cards with huge benefits. But when you are up and running, you can provide cards like membership cards or access control cards with, with limited benefits, but that still makes sense uh, for your project. Yeah. So I think one of the things you're, you're just talking about now, uh, and just to reiterate it, I think you're talking about in terms of creating a dynamic ecosystem, right? One that uh, rewards everyone, but certainly there is a way to reward those for initial adopters in a way that's different uh, to anyone else that comes in after the project, but still being able to add value yeah. to those relationships and to those people that acquire those NFTs. So you were talking about this self-serve platform, and you used a term uh, earlier when you were talking about Nick Johnson and you were talking about summoning Nick Johnson. So one of the <laughs> things that's become, no, what I love, by the way, fantastic, uh, you know, use of that, because I think one thing that it does, it kind of bridges that, uh, terminology for DAOs. So right now, I think one of the things that DAOs are trying to solve for is governance. So there are different projects that are coming out, uh, that are creating the tools to be able to summon a DAO. As an example, using the operational framework that's been developed by them, uh, and some of them have done it in a very easy way. I think some are still in beta, others are not. But there's an easy way to uh, just as a person who wants to either experiment or full on create a DAO to do that. If I were to go to Ether Cards, is there a way to simply summon an NFT project? in that way not just yet what we are working on now is to issue the first version of this self-service platform 
which is exactly like that. You will be able to uh, to utilize a very straightforward web-based interface where you can design and build up the 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 NFTs, the cards, however you say it, which makes sense for your specific community or project. And that is what we want to release by the end of October. Got it. So there is that goal of creating something that is, um, I guess, usable or permissionless. Absolutely. Where people can go in there and just launch their projects and develop those mechanisms for creating those engaged and sustainable communities into the future. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Basically, the project obviously has a couple of parts. All the important uh, data is on the blockchain, including the trades, including everything else that actually is important is on the chain. So, and those parts, when you issue your own project, when even when we issue it for you, but eventually when we issue your own project, you will get your own contracts. So it's going to be your contracts, it's going to be your data on chain. So there is no problem with that. Whatever happens with, with either cards gets bought or 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 anything, that will be there for you. And that we we basically what remains is is the is the web-based parts. Either if we need to use some aggregator servers to make things faster, but because when you need to deal with 10,000 cards or more, blockchains are not always fast enough. So aggregator servers and user interfaces will be open source. So you can, worst comes to worst, contracts and data is on chain and the rest is open source and worst comes to worst, you can run it for yourself. You don't need to depend on us in any shape or form. Got it. So what are some of these unique features that EtherCards enables and how much is this is customizable to projects or to individuals that want to leverage the self-serve platform? Uh, obviously, the you can you can only you can only put uh, a certain amount of complexity on a web interface. When it comes to uh, designing uh, completely brand new uh, trades, no choice. You need to get done and and actually implement it for yourself. But even for that, we provide the framework. We provide the samples. Right now, we are working with uh, with with teams uh, at Eat Global. The hackathon that is going on right now and we provided them the tools so they can actually implement new trades that can be attached to the to the smart contracts the that that we uh, that we have uh, but in general there are three major features that are going to be released with the self-service platform one is a layer editor so you can design and you can define the number of layers and and the combinations and the interactions between the combinations that will be on those layers. So you can actually design probably 95 or 99% of the of the current uh, uh, generative and uh, or or uh, combinatory uh, NFT drops that are that are out on the market right now. You will be able to design the same or even recreate them. So that is one part. The second part is the traits. You will be able to design 
the the basic set of traits you can you can you can specify how do you want to put it on your cards what traits there should be and in what ways they should they should work so players traits and forges if uh, if traits are working on a single card for example you can have a card with a 10% discount in your web store so traits are usually operating with a single card or with a single nft Forges, on the other hand, are operating with multiple cards or NFTs. You can think about forges like puzzles. You need to find specific NFTs, put them onto the right place on the website, then the transaction, and then you will receive the reward. For example, a very rare NFT or some other reward that you set up for your specific audience. One example for that is that... Uh, uh, Dirty Robot is doing, and another one is that Steve Aoki is doing. You need, you can find one of his older NFTs and combine it with the new one, put them into, put those two into a forge, and then you will receive a special edition NFT from him, which cannot be obtained in any other way. So, in short, layers, traits, and forges are going to be the first three sets of tools that we will provide. That's exciting. Um, so. On your website, on if I were to go to ether.cards, there mm -hmm. are several types of NFTs currently available on the platform. I think those are called creator, OG, alpha, and founder. Yes. What, what are those? Like, how are they differentiated? And are any of the partners that you work with involved in creating those, or are those independent? So when we created our platform, we, we became our first customers. So basically, we are the pilot project for our own platform. So when we created the whole thing back in March, we issued 10,000 NFTs that were meant for the EtherCards project. And what you see on the platform, these creators, the OGs, alphas, and founders are the 10,000 EtherCards that, that we created for, our, for ourselves and for our own community. The cards... If I if I if I may take a minute to explain, the cards are, are divided into into four categories based on how many digits they have in their in their serial number. So the creator cards are from zero to nine, from ID zero to ID nine. These are not on the market. We don't sell them, and I hope they will never get sold. These are individual uh, one of one cards. For the, for the people who created this project. The OG cards are the two-digit uh, cards. Those are the rarest available cards. Those go from 10 to 99. And obviously, we only have 90 of them. Actually, we only have like two left because the rest was sold. And then we have the alphas that are, that are quite rare as well. Uh, the three-digit cards going uh, numbered from 100 to 999. These are uh, these. We have 900 of these, and these have a lot more trait than the standard cards, which is the founder cards, which are the four-digit cards, which goes from 1,000 to 9,999, 9,000 pieces. These are the most common ones, the easier to acquire, and, but they, these have the least amount of traits and other benefits. Got it. So how, 
have founders, or excuse me, not founders, but how have partners found you uh, or the project? And how do they get started? Like, what, 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 how did that happen? What's the process? And like, what's the vision there with the partners that EtherCards have, has acquired? We, we, we have been extremely lucky because we got a set of partners who are, I don't want to, I don't want to overstate this, but uh, they are pretty much visionaries. So in, the, in their respective areas. The first one that we did was Lamelo Ball. And what Lamelo, I don't want to, the way, the way he explained at the beginning that he wants to use these cards to, to put this, his career on the blockchain. And I think in the future, and I, again, I don't want to, to, to want to put words into his mouth, but there are, there are ways to, to create these cards that he created and to incentivize and benefit his community that is supporting him through his journey of, uh, of being a professional basketball player. He's using basically the whole gamut of our, of our features, including trades, including drop rooms, Discord integration, forges, and even dynamic uh, uh, cards that change based on real-world events. We had one of one set of his cards that changed its color and, and appearance when he won the award of, uh, of, uh, of Rookie of the Year earlier this year. So basically, the people who came to us, they had their communities. And their goal was to design something for them that can help them to engage and grow their, these communities, and when we worked with them, this is what we that we tried to uh, try to do, attempted to do with them, to give them traits and give them engaging NFTs that can do more than displaying beautiful art. Well, that's good. I mean, that that just goes back to where we started, right? It, this is really a way to engage these communities and create uh, or add value to the relationships that we're building on chain. So that's good to hear. Uh, I guess one of the, I guess there's two things here that I want to touch on uh, before we wrap up. And one of these, and I think one of the ones that may be more exciting to a lot of these uh, people who are maybe new or been around NFTs for some time are the CryptoPunks, right? The other and probably unique aspect of the platform is the Dust Token. So let's start with CryptoPunks. And what is the purpose of the CryptoPunks and how, do, how does it intersect with the project? It's it's a longer story, but basically, when we started, we made this promise to the community that we're going to distribute thirty CryptoPunks uh, for them, and uh, we are about to uh, to to make good on this promise. Uh, the day to do that is actually tomorrow by my time, thirtieth of September, and what is going to happen is that twenty-seven out of the thirty CryptoPunks are going to be fractionalized and distributed on the ten thousand Ether cards, and uh, we are going to use the Dust token to do this distribution. So, by definition, if you have at least one Ether card, you will get some fractions fractions of the of the of the twenty-seven punks. It is 27 and not 30 because they reserve three for our upcoming battle royale game, where which is which is a, which is an actual online game where you need to build a deck and and better your opponent and the, and the, and the three grand prizes uh, will be 
three CryptoPunks. That in that way you can actually win a full CryptoPunk. The rest of the 27, and including the 30 Mebits and quite a few other NFTs, are going to be fractionalized and distributed on uh, on all the 10,000 Ether cards. And that gives us or gets us to dust. So, so we have been thinking in what ways it would make sense uh, to to issue uh, issue this this token because we felt that it is going to be the glue, the the connecting part that is going to connect the community, uh, the the ether cards, and all the other issued NFTs that that uh, that were created by the Ether Cards platform. So potentially everything else, including from Dirty Robot and all the other uh, issued cards and all the others that are in the pipeline right now, we've got 20 plus products uh, projects in the pipeline. So Dust is like, because if you think about that way, NFTs are after all and, and fundamentally collectibles. So what happens if you put if you buy a physical collectible, like a figurine, and you put it in your shelf, on your shelf, and you don't touch it for a couple of months, it is going to collect dust. So that was the original idea uh, around the dust token. And this is what is going to happen. If you have an Ether card, it is going to collect dust. But this dust is an ERC20 token, and you can actually use this thing to use this token for many, many, many things. A couple of uh, the, the usage that I can disclose now is obviously to, to redeem uh, right now CryptoPunks, but later on other NFTs, because, uh, because what we are going to do is that when somebody is, uh, is issuing their high quality NFTs using the platform, then a small percentage of that will go into a pool which can be redeemed by dust. Another way of using dust is that if you are going to use the self-service platform and, and design your collection, you will have to pay something for that. And you can pay with, let's say, Ether, or you can pay with dust. And if you pay with dust, you will get a 10% discount on every, every feature of the, of the platform. So you can use it if you are a creator, <clears throat> and you can use Dust if you are a collector. Another very important and uh, and good way of utilizing Dust, not only to to redeem or to exchange Dust for for NFTs, but also to to uh, prepay the NFTs, the upcoming drops, and reserve your NFTs months before. They, they drop. And in this way, when the NFT comes, you don't need to worry about the gas force. You don't need to, to hurry to, to get the NFTs you want. For example, Dirty Robots uh, seasons sold out in 28 minutes. But if you, if you have an Ether card and if you, if you have dust, you can reserve upcoming drops and then you will get those, uh, those NFTs uh, Without any hustle, when the drop happens, if they will appear in your in your wallet. These are the couple of things that I can I can disclose now in what ways that is going to be useful. But there will be a lot more coming that makes sense and helps us to integrate the platform features 
with uh, with the uh, with the different uh, issued cars. For example, you can you will be able to to charge up your cards, increase your benefits, and utilize that in 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 multiple other ways. Yeah, you know, I think I've only seen one other project, and not saying that I've seen them all. Uh, that has done a second token to kind of add value to the NFT. And the one that comes to mind is Hashmasks and what they did with that secondary token to be able to like make changes to the, to, to the, to the Hashmask NFT. It's really interesting and exciting to hear that EtherCards is looking at ways to not just drive value through the NFT itself, but through other mechanisms. Sounds like there's yeah. a game, a gaming mechanism where you can use your cards to, you know, play and and, and challenge others, and uh, you know, earn rewards from that. And also through the dust uh, tokenomics and 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 its own mechanisms and how it interacts with NFTs to add value mm-hmm. to those uh, programs. Uh, excuse me, to yeah. those projects. In 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 many ways, we 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 would like to look beyond the hype. We would like to look for the long tail of projects and 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 lean heavily on utility. That's it. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you'd like to learn more about EtherCards, please go to ether.cards and on Twitter at ether underscore cards. Thanks for listening to Crypto Sapiens. Please give us a follow, like, and a five-star review wherever you enjoy your podcasts. And stay tuned for our next discussion.